Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Buts About It. We once again have Stan the Jet Fan here with us. My Santa hat is getting in the way of the words. It says Angel, because I am an angel. And uh, I just wanted to say, we released a video on Saturday that was a part of the original full episode where I argued that Dak Prescott should be the MVP of the quarterbacks. Still think Christian McCaffrey and Hill have a case. But I wanted to let everyone know who doubted me, who said no way, that now FanDuel has released their odds for MVP. Dak Prescott is in the lead at plus 300. Jalen Hurts is behind him, and then Brock Purdy, and then Patrick Mahomes is at plus 600. So maybe uh, check out that video and see see the argument, because I think Dak Prescott may have a case to win MVP. First thing we're going to talk about today, though, since we have Stan the Jet fan here, is the New York Jets, which stink. Like, their offense is awful, Stan. We, we do this every week, but, I mean, like, yesterday was horrible. And you picked the Jets to win, and the Falcons won it. Jesse Bates got that interception, like I said, would probably happen. What did, what did you see that uh, you hated, liked? I mean, the I, I'm pretty sure the, the, the big issue – uh, for the offense was just the inability to be consistent. Uh, the only reason uh, that one touchdown the Falcons got happened was because of a big fumble by the Jets in, in, in the middle of the field, right? So it was you, you see these good stretches of you know three, four, five positive plays, and then there'd be you know a, a pair of a penalties or a fumble or an interception, something like that to kind of break it all down. So it, it was a big issue for the Jets with the consistency of the whole situation. Of, of the game time situation, the game time management. Now, what this showed me more than anything else is that I was correct in saying Zach Wilson should be starting. I think uh, I think Wilson, uh, you know, when I looked at Wilson playing, I saw maybe 10, 15% of the bad plays were on him. Like arguably 10 to 15% of the plays, you could say it was definitely due to Wilson, uh, either by overthrowing or throwing an interception or not making the best call. But looking at these last two quarterbacks, Boyle and Simeon, I think that almost 50, 60% of the bad plays are probably on those on those two. And you saw it time and time again, they would overthrow open wide receivers. You know, uh, some of the better plays too, where receivers made plays, were on the receivers, not on the quarterbacks for good placement, but on the receivers for being athletic and making the right read. There was one humongous big flea flicker uh, play that changed the, the look of the game for a moment. And that entire play was because the receiver was ready for it because Gibson had his hands open, and the defender wasn't really, uh, you know, in the right position to make a play on the ball. So throughout this entire game, time and time again, what I saw was a lot of sloppy plays in offense. And, uh, you know, a Falcons defense that I don't think they even had the best of games, right? Jesse Bates had an interception, but they were still making mistakes. They still weren't looking great. But due to the just how pitiful the Jets' offense was, they were able to look a lot better here. And I think more than anything else, what I'm seeing here, and you, you know how much I love Rob Sala, mm-hmm. but I think it's about time to really consider firing him. Um, I really don't think there's a, uh, any more of an excuse at this point in time. And Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, he'll usually fire uh, a head coach who hasn't performed two, three seasons in a row. And Sala's been here three seasons. He's not really done anything with those three seasons. He's made a lot of decisions that just have hurt the team. And more than anything else this year, 
I think you see that really strongly, you know. Um, and and the Jets, you know, may, maybe maybe they're trying to prove you wrong, wrong, Josh. Maybe maybe they're trying to prove that teams in the NFL can tank because that's what it seems like at this point. <laughs> I mean, team teams can definitely tank, but I I still think you have to do it from the front office. And I, the Jets haven't really sold; they haven't traded away any big pieces or anything. They didn't trade Dalvin Cook, um, didn't trade Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall, but they did try to trade Cook though. <laughs> Their, their attempt was no made. one wanted him. <laughs> the so the thing with Zach Wilson is he's probably not a starting caliber quarterback, but I think he is the best quarterback that is able to play in the Jets locker room right now because Tim Boyle. We've seen what Tim Boyle can do. Like you said, he's not great. He's very smart. Um, he's a. I think that's why he's still in the NFL. He's a very smart player. Apparently, he can learn the playbook very quickly, like Josh Dobbs, um, but doesn't necessarily have the athleticism. Trevor Simeon lost the backup competition to Jake Browning in Cincinnati, and that's how he ended up in Cincinnati, or how he ended up in New York. I didn't expect you to have no hair there. You took your hat off, and that that shocked me. <laughs> But I do think Zach Wilson is probably the Jets' best option there. But also Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's the big looming question mark over the New York Jets franchise right now. And I saw this huge conspiracy theory that people have come up with because people love to hate Aaron Rodgers, whether it's because you're a Chicago Bears fan or you just don't agree with him on political stuff or you think he's an idiot. People love to hate Aaron Rodgers. And the theory I saw was that Aaron Rodgers was told to fake this injury so that he could go down and they would never hit the 65% of snaps that would have helped the Packers with the trade because there was a rule. If he played over 65% of snaps, they got a better draft pick. I think it moved from a second to a first or something like that. The thing is, first of all, they waited till four plays in the game. That's all the first. Then they were like, okay, ACL tear, and he's going to make a amazing comeback. And if he makes this comeback, people are going to say that it's a fake injury. The New York Jets organization knew they weren't going to make the playoffs, so they had Aaron Rodgers fake this injury. And uh, what, do, what do you think about that conspiracy? Um. Yeah, it's 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 a very goofy. It's, it's an entertaining conspiracy, very entertaining, very creative. But I think I think if you were going to fake an injury, you, you have to do it while training camp. You know, you have to do it when the press isn't all on you. You know, at, at the opening Thursday night football game, when every camera and every TV in the country is on. Uh, not not a very good decision if they were faking it. Um, but I, I think what sticks out more than anything else with this whole situation is that Rodgers is very smart as a player, right? Um, and we've seen him just on the sidelines making good decisions. And, you know, oftentimes I'll see the way the Jets are setting up for a play and I'll be nodding in disbelief and I'll see uh, the camera pants to Aaron Rodgers also nodding in disbelief. We're basically the same person. I'm a football genius is what I'm saying. Oh, but okay. yeah, well, when I when I look at the whole situation, it sucks, right? And I don't think anyone would want this. Rodgers, you know, came to the Jets to prove a point. So going down with an injury four snaps into the season doesn't really prove any point. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it. I, I don't know what to say. It's it's a very goofy, very goofy. 
idea. The thing is, is it's not like this is one guy on Twitter saying this and I saw this. I saw this multiple times from people with a lot of followers. Some of them were reporters. And I was like, this is like, this is stupid. I don't think this is true at all. Especially because, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has something to prove. I wouldn't be shocked if they're eliminated from the playoffs at some point and Aaron's like, I want to play, comes out, throws a touchdown just to prove that he can play this season and that he recovered and then goes back to the bench just to prove a point because that's the type of guy he is. But I, the New York Jets had so such high hopes coming into this season because of Aaron Rodgers and, you know, they were going to make a Super Bowl run and bet – Best quarterback since Joe Namath. First 4,000-yard passer since Joe Namath. So much hope. And all that came crashing down. Four snaps in. And then it was, okay, Zach Wilson's going to keep us alive so until Aaron comes back. Then now we've got the Tim Boyle experience and the Trevor Simeon experience. And the big narrative was, hey, the defense is really sticking by the offense here. And they, they aren't having issues. This is great. Very mature of the defense. Well, now, Sauce Gardner has tweeted. He tweeted the emojis, uh, the faces, without any mouth. Like, he, I, I'm gonna see, just going to stay quiet after that game. Are you, are you worried at all about the defense finally starting to say, like, hey, we have been doing our job. This offense needs to figure it out. Not, not, not even just the defense. I'm worried about Garrett Wilson. I'm worried about Brees Hall. You know, we have so many young guys in this offense – who in the next two years, their contracts are going to come up. And I don't blame them if they want to move on. Um, I think, uh, you know, when I first met you about three years ago, I remember talking to, uh, about you with this. And at that point in time, I believe there, there had been about four or five years where not a single Jets player who was drafted by the Jets had re-signed with the team. Are we heading back to that now? It sucks. It hurts as a fan, too, because, you know, I- I'm watching these guys. I'm, I'm seeing them week in, week out. I'm loving their personality. Sauces has such a great personality. All three of those guys, Wilson, Brees, Hall, the big three young guys on that team, great personalities, great team players, um, and they're not able to do anything with it. I don't want to see another Darrell Revis go an entire career and not be able to win a Super Bowl. Right. You know, I don't want to see another Ladanian Tomlinson come to the Jets, right, to win a Super Bowl and then never be able to do that. Uh, so if, if they want to move on at this point, I don't even blame them. You know, it's going to suck, but I don't even blame them because why would you want to stay with this franchise? Uh, I think I think for the Jets right now, uh, you, the Jets know that you only have, what, two, three max seasons with Rodgers. You are in win-now mode. Mm-hmm. But Salah is not playing win-now football. There, It is not a good situation for anyone. Um the, the, the thing is, I do think it's a very fixable situation for the Jets. I think if you get, you know, two ta- two new tackles for that O-line, it's, it's, it's a very different O-line. I think our interior is very good there. But those tackles on the O-line is where we need to pick up. We need to pick, you know, a couple of receivers. And we can be playing, you know, good winning football next season. But for this season, what needs to happen is you need to win a couple games so free agents want to come here. Um, so you can keep Wilson, Sauce, Brees Hall. You can get them to re-sign with the team. Uh, I don't blame Sauce uh, for, for what he's going through right now. And if you watch that game uh, against the Falcons, the defense was amazing. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. starting the Jets' defense in fantasy every single week. And I, I'm, most weeks I'm getting more than 10 points, right? Um, I started the Lions one week 
uh, because I thought the Jets' defense would would perform really badly. And even though we lost that game, it was against the Dolphins, the Lions had a much worse defense. So, uh, I mean, I'm just dumbfounded watching what's going on here with such a great defense being stifled by incompetence on the coaching and the offense. Yeah, I mean – you guys had the worst offense yesterday. The uh, Okay, you didn't have the worst offense, actually. You had the third worst offense, and the only reason you had a worse offense in yesterday's slate of games was because the Chargers-Patriots game existed in which nobody scored a touchdown, and the score was 6-0 to zero because the Patriots suck. The Chargers offense has all the talent in the world, and they can't figure it out for some reason. Uh, Brandon Staley's probably going to get fired because of that. But, I mean, that's that's the standard the Jets are at right now is at least we got something up on the board, you know. And it was against the Falcons' defense, which I think is better than people rank it, but still isn't phenomenal. It wasn't like it was yeah, the I Browns. Mean- uh, well, yesterday's game, uh, I don't know if this is an NFL first. I don't think they mentioned it while the game. But right now in the season, we have more first quarter safeties than first quarter touchdowns, right? I mean, that's just not – that's not a good situation. That's not something that you can keep going. So, there, there's a lot of decisions that need to be, be made by the Jets. And I think, for me, I really want Salah to get fired. Uh, as much mm. as I like him as a coach and I like what he's done with the team – there's also so many terrible decisions he's made. So I, I think I think it's about time that you need to fire someone. You need to get someone in the building who can win with Rodgers. Because we have Rodgers, right? We have a good quarterback for the first time in forever. Now we just need a competent coaching staff. That'll, that'll be interesting to see if Sala gets fired. Um, I don't think you will, though. <laughs> I, I, I think he's going to ride that Aaron Rodgers pillow into next season. But – that's enough of the New York Jets. Let's talk about a team that won yesterday, a team that is fun to watch, and that is the Indianapolis Colts, led by Gardner Minshew. And uh, Anthony Richardson is their starting quarterback. He's a rookie. looked great. Uh, Colts fans should be very happy with how he has looked. But then he went down, and – it was like, okay, Gardner Minshew's coming in. He's been a starter in the NFL before. Let's see what we got here. And then Jonathan Taylor was injured, even after his contract extension. So you're running with Zach, you're running with Zach Moss and Gardner Minshew. Jonathan Taylor's out for a few weeks. Um, Zach Moss has been a very viable backup. He's been great for the Colts. Uh, Titans kept it close yesterday. They went into overtime and. There was a question of, are the Titans about to beat the Colts? And the answer for a while looked like, yes, Will Levis was going to succeed. Then they would go into overtime. And Gardner Minshew throws a beauty of a pass to Alec Pierce. Someone who not a lot of people have paid attention to because he didn't have a huge rookie season. He struggled. Um, He struggled a little bit this year. But he's also been behind Michael Pittman Jr. and Josh Downs. Beautiful pass. Like, go look up this pass. He put it right where it needed to be. I don't even think he stopped, but he got taken down at, like, the five-yard line, and it was oh, it was what you wanted to see in that situation. Then Michael Pittman Jr. gets a beautiful touchdown in overtime to win the game, and Gardner was hyped. Gardner was screaming. 
that is the guy who I want as my quarterback if I am Jim Ursay, if I am Shane, Shane Steichen, and we're trying to win some football games here. Uh, I don't think anyone is talking about the Colts right now um, outside of the Colts fandom. I don't think anyone thought the Colts could make a playoff run, and we've mentioned it a few times. And the Titans aren't phenomenal. Grant, they have a losing record, and they have a rookie quarterback. Derrick Henry got a concussion. Like, there's all sorts of excuses you can make. But I loved what I saw from the Indianapolis Colts, and I think that they could make it into the playoffs. Maybe not win the division, because Jacksonville is going to be hard to beat um, for that division. But the Colts' schedule coming up, you have the Bengals, who we'll see what Jake Browning looks like tonight, but I'm going to go ahead and say that's a winnable game for the Colts, I think. And I'm a Bengals fan, as you can see. I like both teams, but I'm going to take the Colts on that one, unless Jake Browning just comes out and looks way better than he did last week. Then you got the Steelers. Steelers just lost Kenny Pickett, and he will likely be out for that game. Uh, he had an ankle injury. And TJ Watt also had some injury issues, so who knows what's going on that. Minka broke his hand during the game and continued to play, so I don't know if they'll let him play next week or not. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. But that could be a winnable game as well. Then the Falcons, who we just talked about, their defense is very hit or miss. They, pro they can create turnovers, but their offense struggles to do anything. So I think the Colts can win that game. Raiders... Winnable game. The only game that they might struggle with is the Texans, who they have the same record as currently. So, yeah, they're both 7-5 and five teams. Jaguars are 8-3. and three. The Colts could realistically win this division. They might not because of the Jaguars, but I think they realistically could, and I think they could make a playoff run. Have you, have you watched the Colts at all this season? Have you seen anything? I have, actually, mainly because of you, but... Uh, you know, when I look at the at the coach right now, for me, the big question is what, like, h how is Gardner Minshew going to lead this team if, if he's in for the long run? Because I'm looking at him as a quarterback, and, and for me, I'm always so split on him. I love his personality. I love who he is as a player also. I love watching him. But I just don't know if he has playoff caliber. So my question for you is how far is he going in the playoffs? Because I think I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. I think they're definitely mm -hmm. going to get a wild card spot. I could even see them, uh, you know, get, getting like two rounds, I'd say, into the playoffs. But I don't know how much further they're going to make it than that. What, what do you see as their kind of their cap for this team? So here, the thing is, there's so many injuries in the NFL now. This, this season, this is the year to run, make a run with a backup quarterback. And Gardner Minshew is a top-tier backup quarterback. I mean, if we look at the AFC teams, Chiefs, okay, Patrick, we'll talk about this here in a bit, but Patrick Mahomes struggled last night. They don't really have receivers for him, and they had a ton of key defensive injuries last night. Uh, they, they're down to their third middle linebacker, Drew Tranquil, who is another 2-6-0 guy um, like Jesse Bates. I seen him play since high school. I've always enjoyed watching him play. He's a great guy. He went down. Concussion. So he's going to be out for a bit. Who knows how long. Uh, Bills, they're, they're supposed to be this Super Bowl caliber team. They haven't really performed in the AFC. The, I mean, there's pro who am I forgetting here? There's a big one. Bills. Dolphins, Dolphins. The Ravens. Dolphins haven't beat a team with a winning record. 
Ravens, okay. Maybe Colts, Colts against Ravens. But Colts beat the Ravens in the regular season. And I think Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. So, I mean, this Colts team can win football games. They're, they are going to be the underdogs in almost all of those playoff games, and I get that. But I think they can win, and I think they will do find you think? What? Sorry, do you think they're winning the Super Bowl? What are the tra- chances in your eyes of them winning the Super Bowl? What are the chances? So, that's, that's hard because I don't know how legit some of these NFC teams are, and I don't know mm. what version of the Colts will show up in the playoffs. They might not even make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to make a longer playoff run than people expect them to, though. Because this Colts team is fired up. They have something to prove. They haven't been this excited in a long time. And the fact that this is, they're doing this without Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, that backfield is going to be dynamic. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get a huge contract. I, I think, can they win the Super Bowl? So, I'm going to say no. Because I think the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC side, and I think that the 49ers can beat the Colts. If the Colts even make it to the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes might do some of his playoff magic and win and make it to another Super Bowl. I just think people should be paying closer attention to the Colts when it comes to playoff contention. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm high on the Colts. I, I want my Bengals to do well. I don't know if we're tanking. I don't I don't believe in tanking, but I don't know if we're losing games for Brock Bowers or what we're doing here. But uh, Colts are the only team I like that can really make a playoff run. Would be happy if the Detroit Lions made the Super Bowl too. 49ers, I'm good with as well. Really, I just don't want the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. That's kind of my <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at right now with all the injuries. Um, but Colts and uh, Ravens AFC Championship game, if the Colts winning would be awesome. That would make me feel very good inside. But don't sleep on the Indianapolis Colts. I think they've got something in Gardner Minshew as a backup, and if he wants to come to Cincinnati, that would be awesome too. Um, 49ers beat the Eagles. This was supposed to be the game of the year, the game of the century, the, the, the NFC Championship matchup. And last year, if you remember, in the NFC championship Brock Purdy got hurt and then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and then Josh Johnson got hurt so they put in Christian McCaffrey at quarterback because they had Brock Purdy out there but he couldn't throw because he had a UCL tear and so Christian McCaffrey was trying his hardest and they they couldn't get anything going after those injuries understandable and Debo said if Brock hadn't have gotten hurt the game wouldn't have even been close we would have blown him out they blew him out yesterday um Debo talked a ton of smack leading up to this game, and apparently Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, was showing all of the players the, the smack talk to motivate them. It did not work. <laughs> um, early on, it looked like the Eagles were going to dominate over the 49ers, and then all of a sudden Brock Purdy's switch flipped, and we saw that MVP candidate version of Brock Purdy that had four touchdowns. And Debo Samuel had two of them. Actually, he had a rushing touchdown, too, so three. Um, George Kittle looked great. Christian McCaffrey finally got the run game going. It took him a little bit going. I almost wonder, and I, I'm going to get 
in trouble for this. Are the Eagles a real – are they a caliber team? Do we think that they are – I know I just went from saying the Colts are going to make a deep playoff run to asking if a 10-win team is legitimate. But, I mean, let's look at let's look at their wins here. I mean, I get it. I get it. I understand why this sounds stupid. But you beat um, – you beat the Patriots. Whoop-de-doo. You, the Patriots scored 20 points on you, too. You beat the Vikings. Okay, that's a good win, I think. You beat the Buccaneers, 25-11. to 11. Beat the Commanders. The Commanders almost beat you, though. The Commanders put up 31 points, and you won by a field goal. And their defense has been awful. Beat the Rams. Okay, 23-14. The Jets beat you. The Jets that we just talked, that Stan is saying their head coach should be fired, just put on a clinic, a defensive clinic against Jalen Hurts in that game. How many interceptions did you guys have against him? Uh, I think three. I think three. (laughs) And your defense let Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson was the quarterback at that time, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Put up 20 points, which, okay, that's, Normally, if that was a normal team that like their offense has shown hope and greatness, it's like, okay, 20 points isn't too bad. But the Jets offense is awful. Like dog awful. Beat the Dolphins, good win. I'll give you that. You beat the Commanders the second time you played them, but you still let them put up 31 points and you only beat them by a touchdown. You barely beat the Cowboys, which apparently the Cowboys suck, according to the media. So what happened there? Cowboys can't beat a winning team. We shouldn't even be talking about the Cowboys in the playoffs. I think that's a stupid narrative. Beat the Chiefs. Barely. I'm not even sure if the Chiefs are legitimate. Patrick Mahomes is legitimate, but the team as a whole, I don't know. And then you barely beat the Bills by a field goal. And you let the Bills put up 34 points on you. Their defense ha- is like Swiss cheese. They they cannot they they struggle with injuries. Matt Milano was a huge loss. Then you got blown out by the 49ers. So Eagles have the Cowboys. That's going to be a narrative setting game. Then you have the Seahawks, which I guess the Seahawks suck now apparently because the Cowboys beat them. Um, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. That's not a hard schedule. You're gonna they're gonna win those games. But I'm like I don't I don't know. I think I think that there are other teams in the NFC that are better than the Eagles. I think the 49ers are obviously better than the Eagles. I think the Lions could compete with the Eagles depending on what version of the defense shows up. If the version of the defense that almost let the Saints come back shows up, yeah, you're not gonna compete with the Eagles. I think the Cowboys can compete with the Eagles, and I think that'll be shown in this coming game. But I do. Do you? What do you see when you see the Eagles? I disagree with you. Uh, one of my main points is this: you know, you were saying, "Oh, this win wasn't that big. This win wasn't that big. The, you know, a field goal here, field goal here, only one touchdown." But here's the thing: in a playoff football game, you only need one point to win, right? right. So I, I think I think for the Eagles, their superior coaching and their ability to perform in high stress situations is going to come down 
uh, re- really importantly uh, in this playoff run. Um, and, and these next two games are going to, you know, as you point out, you know, Cardinals, Giants, Cardinals. I'm oh, sorry, Car- Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Not a very easy, uh, not a very hard last three. But these next two games, including the one against the Seahawks, those to me are the make it or break it mm-hmm. uh, last two games of the season. After that, you, you can run with whoever you want at quarterback. Let Hurts sit it out. Uh, but th- these next two games to me is where I'm going to keep my eyes on the Eagles and see if they have the ability to actually win the Super Bowl, to actually make that push. But for this team, one, all these guys have been to a Super Bowl. All of them have played in high, pro, uh, you know, high performance, high stress situations. This team is grizzled. They have enough strong veterans on their roster that I'm not too concerned about them. You know, the loss against the 49ers, th- there's a lot that goes into a loss, right? Um, they lost by a big margin, yes, but the 49ers are also a team that struggled this season, right? Uh, I think a lot of it could have been based on the emotion of, of this being a rematch from last year. Um, and a lot of the 49ers players having something to prove, as you pointed out, uh, going into this game. For the Eagles, I think no matter what, they're going to make a, a very deep run. I'd be surprised if they didn't make it uh, to the Super Bowl. I think, uh, to me, they're the NFC clear favorite. And I think in a playoff game, I think they do beat the 49ers. Okay. So, I will say, something of note with the 49ers' struggles was, which one of their losses was to the Bengals. Um, they're 9-3 and three right now. Those three losses all came when Trent Williams, the left tackle, he got injured early in the Browns game, and then he was out for two games after that. The 49ers are one of the few teams that consistently run the ball to the left. And a lot of that, I believe, is because of of Trent Williams. And he is the best left tackle in the NFL. So having him not there, it you're missing a huge piece. He's not a guy you can just replace. So that's going to affect Brock Purdy. That's going to affect your run game, Christian McCaffrey. So that could be it. As long as he can stay healthy, I think that the 49ers can really – make a run here if Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and it's starting to seem Brock Purdy as well because I don't think uh Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen are going to have that same effect that (coughs) Brock has for their offense I just the Eagles have been in so many close games that shouldn't be close to me you shouldn't be in a close game against the Washington Commanders and they're not even they're not a playoff team you know what I mean Mm-hmm. It's kind of a strength of schedule type thing, I guess. Like, well, well, here's here's another point. And t- talking about that schedule, you know, the Eagles are probably going to have the better season uh, in terms of their win loss record, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to have the better seeding because of that. Right. So they're going to have an easier path. Also, their last three games are going to be very easy for these Eagles players. They're not going to be pushed. They're, I imagine the Eagles are probably going to run a lot of their depth in these last three games. You know, I could see them all going down as 20, 30-point blowouts. Um, on the other hand, I'm looking at the 49ers, and they got the Seahawks. They got the Ravens and the Rams coming up. Those are three big games for them, mm-hmm. especially the Ravens and Rams games. Um, and the Seahawks, they've shown they can tussle with anyone. They're going to they're gonna go head-to-head with the 49ers. Now, the Cardinals and the Commanders, the other two games, yeah, those are a little bit easier. But you have a tougher schedule. You're not going to have as much rest for your, your top players right before the playoffs, and you're not going to have the better seeding. I think that is going to make a big difference for the Eagles. Another thing is with seeding, 
becomes home field advantage. And if you want to talk about a tough crowd to play in front of, that is the Eagles. They are one of the toughest, most ruthless fan bases. And I cannot imagine, uh, you know, a 49ers team coming in with less rested players into an Eagles home field advantage game in, you know, with the Eagles having a better uh, veteran presence on their team. Uh, and I would argue the Eagles also have better coaching. Uh, I think all of these things, even even though on the field, I think the 49ers are the better team uh, in terms of players. I think all these small things really push it in the, in the way of the Eagles. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that the Eagles will have the better final schedule. My question, so there's the, there's a debate of whether or not you want the bye week, whether or not you want to be the one seed. Some people say, yes, you want your players to rest up before the playoffs. That's where it sounds like you're going. Other people say, no, that bye week really kind of kills your mojo. You've got all this steam and then it's prevented by uh, that bye week and everyone kind of rests. Um, there was some, I can't, I don't have the stat right now, but there was some record that like teams with the bye week lost their first playoff game more often than they won it. So what, what do you think about that? Does that change things a little bit at all? It might. I've actually never seen that stat myself. So I I need to research that a little myself. Uh, But but here's another thing to point out. You know, we talk about injuries and how that affects this 49ers team, right? Um, I think the Eagles, Unless they lose Jalen Hurts, and I, I guess mainly if they lose Kelsey, I could see them having a big impact to their to their offense. But to to lose, you know, a left tackle and and be, you know, not not be able to win three games that that's a very big difference. So the pressure on these players, the increased chance of injuries from tougher games and not having a bye week, I think they can become a, a big factor here. Um, and we'll have to see week to week what that ends up looking like. Because, you know, for all, for all we know, the 49ers are going to come in perfectly healthy and better rested maybe. Uh, but I, I, I do think the advantages are going to be in the Eagles' favor. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find that stat here, but now I'm going down a rabbit hole. Um, bye week advantage. Teams with a bye week through teams with a since nineteen ninety, teams with a bye through the wild card round of the playoffs won twelve percent more games than home teams in the wild card and okay. So that stat has apparently switched now. I, that was a few years since I saw that, I'll admit, but um I do think that's still an interesting debate. So I was wrong there. I am sorry. You were right. you were right, Stan. <laughs> um but I, I I don't I, I agree. I, I, I think the Eagles are a good team. I just don't know if they'll be as ready. They have, they're very talented. Mm-hmm. They have A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts. You have DeAndre Swift. You have the guys. But that defense has struggled at times. And we, the playoffs are where those holes are ripped wide open. So, and we may see another matchup, 49ers-Eagles, and we'll get our questions answered, how they perform in the playoffs. But next game, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs versus the Packers. Packers won. I think almost everyone had the Chiefs winning, except for Packers fans. Um, that was that was a rough game for Chiefs fans. They lost Drew Tranquil, like we mentioned. Justin Reed went down for a bit. Uh, they lost uh, their left tackle, whose name is slipping my mind right now. 
Um, had some, had some injuries there. Maybe it was their right tackle. They lost a tackle, <laughs> but not a great showing for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling had a great catch. He redeemed himself for that Eagles game that they almost lost against the Chiefs. But I, Jordan Love looked phenomenal. The good version of Jordan Love showed up, and he's he's getting into his own. And they were at home. This was this game was better than his showing against the Lions, which was the best game of his career. He had 69.4 completion rate, uh, 267 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 118.6 passer rating. Um, he he lo- he was right on par. We're getting some consistency up in Green Bay. Uh, do you think Jordan Love could be the quarterback of the future now? Oh, I think they should run with him at least up into next season. You know, maybe get a good backup, but I would not be too concerned as a Packers fan. The thing is, Love, even though he's been in the season for, what, it's four years, five years? He's been here Mm -hmm. quite a bit. He hasn't played. He really hasn't played at all, uh, except when when Aaron Rodgers got injured. So uh, when I'm looking at him as a quarterback and what his potential is and what his ceiling is – who knows, you know, it, it, there's so many unknowns there, but when you look at the season, you look at how he's performed, it's like, especially with that Thanksgiving game. Um, and now this big win here, I think you want to run with him. I think he is a quarterback you can trust. Uh, do I think he could be as good as Rogers? It's, it's really, it's basically impossible for him to do that. And I think that's the issue with love where Packers fans, they want him to be Rogers. And he's going to have all this pressure on him from these fans expecting him to be Aaron Rodgers. I I think if that's the expectation for Love, then yeah, you're going to see him as a failure. But for Packers fans out there, if you're expecting him to be a good, solid quarterback, I think he can do that. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing with being a Packers quarterback. You have ginormous shoes to fill. So let's let's not even talk about Aaron Rodgers. You also have Brett Favre. Before Brett Favre, you have uh, Bart Starr, who won the first playoffs against the Chiefs. So, yes. Okay. So, the Packers only went 20 years, which I know that sounds like a super long time, but let's look at what we've got. We had Bart Starr, who retired in 72. Brett Favre's first year with the Packers was 1992 when he was traded to Green Bay from the Falcons. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, obviously, in 2005, his rookie year. And now you've got Jordan Love. There's really only been 20 bad years there in Packers Super Bowl era history. And they were, I don't I'm not even sure that they were bad years. They just weren't Hall of Fame quarterback play necessarily. But Jordan Love is that's the franchise of the NFL. If there's a franchise of the NFL, the Green Bay Packers are one of them. Or are it. You've got Vince Lombardi as head coach. Like so many faces of the NFL have gone through Green Bay. Jordan Love has huge shoes to fill. And Packers fans are going to expect him to do that. 
And, and to me, that's the only notch on him being their future starting quarterback because this is a lot of pressure on a guy who who knows what he's even going to be able to do, right? We've never seen him in a playoff game, right? We never, or have we? I mean, maybe we have, but we've never seen him uh, at least with the starting job, not as a backup right. in, a, in a playoff game. Um, because of that, all this pressure from his own fan base, it's it's very hard for me to predict his future, and I, I think I think a lot of that depends on how the Packers organization treats him, um, how his teammates treat him, if they're trusting him. I mean, and right now, I think it's definitely all looking positive for him. And Packers have a very young team too, so I mean, when Aaron Rodgers was out there, they mentioned this a little bit on the show. Aaron could kind of call the plays and like he knew the situation. His situational awareness was phenomenal. Jordan Love has to like listen to the coach, figure everything out, and then decide if he wants to audible. And also, you can't have Randall Cobb or whoever watching the play clock like they mentioned because Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and all these young guys still need to pay attention to the huddle because they don't necessarily know what's going on and they need to be told. And then they can break. And there's a ton of talent. Christian Watson is very talented. He always gets hot. The last two seasons, he's gotten hot this time of year and it happened again last night Romeo Dobbs has been good the tight end room is looking good AJ Dillon quadzilla looked insane again oh my gosh I wish I had quads like his I would never never be able to stop man um so I think the Packers have a ton of promise up there but that quarterback position is going to be the big question mark and Jordan Love is trending upwards with that other side of the ball what do you see with the Chiefs are you worried that they're not going to be this playoff super team that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be dominant, and they weren't dominant last night. You know what? I think I think at this point in time, the Chiefs need to really look into the draft, right? They really need to really look into getting some big-name free agents. And here's the thing. The Chiefs are going to be able to do that for next season. For this season itself, I don't think they have really any legitimate Super Bowl dreams. Um, they've shown in, in almost every big moment for them in this season that they just do not have what it takes, right? They've proven time and time again that they're not the Chiefs they used to be. And I think part of that could be distractions. I mean, I think this is the year where I've seen the most Chiefs ads, where I've seen the most Chiefs players in the news. Um, I think maybe that could be adding a lot of distraction and pressure uh, to that locker room. Uh, but more than anything else, I think the Chiefs just need to take a step back Look at where their mistakes are because there's a lot of mistakes on that field um, every single game and, and try to reset themselves. Are you blaming Taylor Swift? She was there last night. This is the first time they've lost with Taylor Swift at the game. Is that the distraction uh, I'm talking about? Partially Swift, but I just mean I, I mean the amount of media focus on everyone on that team, right? I mean, you've all we've all seen the Mahomes Maato ads. <laughs> uh, we've seen countless Andy Reid ads for whatever reason. I, I don't like coaches and ads. Rob Sala had an ad which made me upset, but there's just too much going on in that locker room for these players to be able to focus on the actual games, right? Um, and, and all these distractions for a team that isn't what they used to be. They're, they are not the superstar team that we all remember the Chiefs being the last, what, four or five years, pretty much the entire Mahomes era. They are not that team anymore. All these distractions are only hurting them, in, in my opinion. Okay, I, I think that's a good take. I Patrick Mahomes has been in ads for a while though. That's not a new development. But Travis Kelsey, all the attention on Travis Kelsey is new. That's a big one. 
especially when he's your number one tight end and your number one receiver. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been phenomenal in the run game, but that passing game has struggled. These guys cannot get it going. I think you're going to see them go after a free agent wide receiver or um, they're going to go after one in the draft, and they cannot have T. Higgins. You're not allowed to have T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. If they go there, I will cry. So not allowed to happen. Um, Speaking of the Bengals, though, Monday Night Football is tonight on ESPN. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck will be guiding us through this game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. It will be interesting because the Jacksonville Jaguars have seemingly been getting hotter. Trevor Lawrence struggled there for a while, getting getting some things going. They've been able to win, but he's never had that breakout game, really. He's getting better. Cam Taylor Britt is out for the Bengals. Ankle, he twisted his ankle in practice right after he was getting better from a different injury that took him out of last week's game. And I was like, no, no, my boy. Mr. Interception himself. Jake Browning is starting for the Bengals at quarterback. Um, I don't even know what to expect, to be honest, because <laughs> he, he shows sparks of being a good backup quarterback, and then he does something stupid and gets himself sacked. Um, T. Higgins is back. That'll hopefully help take some off to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had a good game last week, but – Part of that was because he caught two tipped passes that probably should have been intercepted by the Steelers. I I don't know. You tell me what you think because you're less tied to both these teams and can give a better objective perspective. As much as I want to say the Bengals, I, I think the Jaguars are, are going to pull out here. I mean, the Jaguars, they've been such a big force in the AFC this season. Um, and, and they've also, they've been relatively consistent. They haven't had that many big, uh, you know, mistakes this season. So for a team like the Jaguars, which is a lot healthier than the Bengals, at least they're not losing, you know, their, their star quarterback. Um, for a team like the Jaguars to lose to the Bengals, you need it. Like they need to make a lot of mistakes, right? You need to see Trevor Lawrence having probably the worst game of the season to lose to the Bengals. So because of that, uh, because of where the two teams are, I, I just think it's, it's going to be a, a Jaguars win. Um, I also don't particularly think it's going to be too close, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I think the Jaguars offense is going gonna, is gonna to put a lot of points up there, and I'm not too sure the Bengals are going to be able to match that. So I want to disagree with you, but I can't. Like There's, there's absolutely no reason to disagree with you because Travis Etienne has had a phenomenal season. If Trevor Lawrence has struggled this season, then Travis Etienne has done the exact opposite. He has had some phenomenal games. And the Bengals' run defense is awful when Cam Taylor Bird is out there, and now he's not out there. So you're essentially asking Logan Wilson to play both linebacker and corner at times, and that just doesn't work. Uh, Jordan Battle is going to be a magnet to the ball, so that might help a little bit, but he's coming from the safety position. What I, what I want to see as a Bengals fan is I want to see the defense not suck. That is what I'm asking for. The offense probably won't be great, if we're being honest. I would like to see them get the run game started. You can't have a backup quarterback and only run the ball eight times like they did against the Steelers. That is stupid. It doesn't work. Defense needs to be good. We have a lot of young guys on defense. 
and I thought about this last week, this is not the year to make a Super Bowl run because the defense is so young. Dax Hill, second year. Jordan Battle, first year. DJ Turner, first year. Uh, there's all sorts of guys. You have very young team on defense. Cam Taylor Britt, second year. Your, your stars are very young on defense. I want to see these guys mesh. I want to see Dax and Jordan Battle mesh and maybe create some plays together, make Chuss have to buy that Jordan Battle Bengals T-shirt, or or get the pick six and he has to buy a jersey. Just letting you know that. So I want to see that happen. I would like to see Jake Browning do great because if Jake Browning does great, we don't have to solve the backup quarterback position through the draft or through free agency. We've got it handled. I don't expect much, though, on the offensive side of the ball. But we'll see. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Bengals. I'd love you. I would love to see it. And if we lose, we get one step closer to getting Brock Bowers out of Georgia. So that's that's all I got for Monday Night. Do you have a score prediction for Monday Night Football? Why don't you do yours first? This is cruel. Um, I think – Jake Browning will somehow get one touchdown. So I'm going to say Bengals get at least seven. I'm going to go 10. I think we can kick a field goal too. We'll go 10, 28. I think Jaguars win 28 to 10. Mine's a little slim. I was going to go 30 to 13. Oh, you got us getting an extra field goal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can see two field goals. You, you got a great kicker. Yeah. Um, I do. Th- I do think you're going to get a touchdown. I mean, with all the great wide receivers you have, uh, especially Jamar Chase, I could easily see him going 70 yards on a play, getting getting uh getting seven points on the board. I do think the one advantage Jake has against the Jaguars, who they have a good defense, and Josh Allen's a beast, but I don't think that they're quite as good as the Steelers' defense. And Josh Allen is definitely not on the same tier as TJ Watt as a pass rusher. So the fact that he kind of was baptized in the pass rush of TJ Watt, maybe this game will see, seem a little bit easier to him and not as fast. I don't know. I don't know that how that quarterback mind works at the NFL level. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm looking for the youngins to step up and have, have a good game here. I'm not expecting – team to do well i'm expecting individuals to do well that's the motto of the losers i guess get some fantasy points yeah let's see yoshi step in let's see charlie jones chuck sizzle get something going let's see miles murphy do something our first round pick he's done some stuff (laughs) it's time to end this show thank you for listening to today's show if you enjoyed please remember to like comment and subscribe we can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at boldmoosepodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone. Also, forgot to mention this during the show. I think Chess is going to be back tomorrow. I did not forget about the Steelers-Cardinals game. I intentionally did not talk about it. So hopefully Chess is able to stop in tomorrow. He is supposed to be on the Cardinal rule with Joe Camo. 
So make sure to go check that out on YouTube tomorrow. And uh, have a great day, everyone.